A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode contains distressing themes and is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. On this episode of They Walk Among America, a sergeant is shot and killed outside his father's home on New Year's Eve 2018. Trust is imperative when serving in the military. If you cannot trust your fellow servicemen, who can you trust? Welcome to episode 11 of They Walk Among America, a joint production between the Law and Crime Podcast Network and They Walk Among Us, the award-winning true crime podcast. St. Joseph Township sits on the west coast of the state of Michigan in the Benton Harbor area. It's a peaceful residential location with a low crime rate. So low, in fact, there had only been six murders in three decades before 2018. At around 11pm on New Year's Eve, a 911 call came in. A hysterical woman told the dispatcher that her husband had just been shot outside a house on Colfax Avenue in St. Joseph Township. She said she had been inside and heard shots, and when she looked outside, her husband was lying on the floor with a gunshot wound to his head. Before the dispatcher could get more information, the call disconnected. 911, what's the address of the emergency? 911. I need help. My husband. Hello? Hello? Yes. I need help. My husband, my husband was shot. I need help. Okay, where are you at, ma'am? I'm at 2086 Colfax Avenue. 2086 Colfax? Yes, yes, yes. Please. Is this a house and apartment? What is the house? Okay, and tell me exactly what happened. Well, I don't know. My husband bought a two-fold. And he left out and me and my son were eating, and I just heard gunshots. And I put my son in the room, and I came outside, and my husband was on the ground. Okay, ma'am. Where's your, your husband's outside? Okay, stay on the line with me. Ma'am, take a deep breath. Take a deep breath from me, okay? How many shots did you hear, ma'am? Ma'am? Okay. 
So you heard several gunshots? Okay. Ma'am? Did you see anybody around? Ma'am? Okay. You didn't see anyone? Okay. Ma'am? Hello? Ma'am, take a deep breath with me, okay? Is he breathing? Hello? Two police units from the St. Joseph Township Police Department raced to the scene, followed closely by paramedics. Officer Jeremy Peppers was one of the first to arrive. He found the victim lying on the ground beside a pickup truck. A female was holding an injured man sobbing. The woman identified herself as Kamaya Hassel. The victim was her husband, Sergeant Tyrone Hassel III. On first inspection, it seemed like there was a gunshot wound to the man's head, as well as other gunshot wounds to the upper half of his body. As paramedics checked Tyrone for signs of life, another vehicle abruptly stopped outside the property. A man ran over and asked what was going on. He identified himself as Tyrone Hassel Jr., the victim's father. Tyrone was placed onto a stretcher and, incredibly, the medics found a pulse, rushing him to the nearby Spectrum Health Lakeland Hospital. Investigators at the house briefly questioned Kamaya Hassel and Tyrone Hassel Jr. Body cam footage from the attending officers shows Kamaya overcome with grief and almost vomiting. <laughs> Man, we're gonna have to get him on this cot, okay? I know you. I know. Well, let me have him. Let me get in there, man. Okay. Let us. Let us get in there, hon. Okay. Let us get in there. Ready? Let me follow him with the sheet. So we can get the sheet on. Get these people back. Don't let anybody come up here, guys. Kamaya told the officers that her husband had been out at a party with family for New Year's Eve, while she stayed home with their one-year-old son. She said he had called and offered to bring over some food from the party and dropped it off just before 11pm. Seconds after Tyrone left, Kamaya heard gunshots and ran out to find him slumped against his pickup truck. She told the detectives that she didn't see anyone in the area. Tyrone Hassel Jr. was in shock. He told the police that his son did not even live in the area. He had just been visiting. When one of the officers told him it was likely a robbery or a personal attack, Tyrone's father said it could have been a robbery, as his son was doing, quote, damn good for himself. Blood stained the ground where Tyrone had been lying. A technical examination of the scene uncovered vital pieces of evidence. Five shell casings were found on the ground, as well as a bullet that had passed through the victim. A bloody footprint was also discovered close to the area where Tyrone had been shot, 
and a canine officer was called to the scene. While technicians took a plaster cast impression of the footprint, the dog picked up a scent. The animal led the handler around the corner to Gerard Street before losing the trail in the driveway of an empty house. The investigators presume the assailant must have absconded in a vehicle that had been parked there. Perhaps a second person was waiting in the car. As the clock struck midnight, shots echoed out from neighbouring streets, as was tradition to ring in the new year. Neighbours were not able to distinguish between the celebratory gunshots or the shots that had been fired at 23-year-old Tyrone. The evidence collected was sent to the crime lab, but not before a call came in that changed the course of the inquiry. Tyrone Hassel III did not survive the injuries he sustained and died in the hospital. Now it was a homicide investigation. Tyrone's stepmother Ashanti Hassel was working at Lakeland Hospital as a nurse. She was waiting at the door when paramedics came in with Tyrone. A medic was on top of the gurney with Tyrone as it was wheeled in. They were administering resuscitative efforts as they brought him into the trauma room. But before they could perform emergency surgery, Tyrone passed away. Brain matter had been leaking from the bullet wound in his head and nothing more could be done. One by one, Tyrone's relatives began to arrive at the hospital and were met with the devastating news. His mother, Lashanda Jones, was there when Tyrone's wife, Kamaya, and his father, Tyrone Hassel Jr., turned up. No one could comprehend who would want to kill Tyrone or why. Officers were able to rule out robbery as a motive fairly quickly. Tyrone still had cash in his pocket, and the keys to his truck had been found beside his body. His cell phone was still plugged into the charger inside the truck, and nothing seemed to be disturbed inside the vehicle. Tyrone's father stated, Everybody loved him. Nobody hated him that I can think of. I don't know why this has happened. Tyrone Hassel Jr. said that he had warned his son to hurry back to the family party that night because he didn't want him out on his own so late. Township Police Chief Ross Bates stated that they were working on the assumption that Tyrone had been specifically targeted. However, much like his family, officers could not yet identify a motivation to murder a popular and well-liked young man. Investigators wanted to figure out if somebody had followed Tyrone home or if someone was lying in wait for him to return. Tyrone Hassel III was born on August 23, 1995. His mother, Lashanda Jones, and his father, Tyrone Hassel Jr., raised their son in Benton Harbour. The couple divorced when Tyrone was 10 years old, but it was far from a broken home. 
he remained close to both of his parents and soon became an older brother to his mother's two children and his father's three sons. Tyrone was a great role model for his siblings. He was an honour roll student at high school and a great baseball player. He played on the field for Benton Harbour baseball team, where he was referred to as the Swiss Army Knife. As his friend Danny Jenkins said, it didn't matter what we needed, he could do it. Tyrone set an example of what any student athlete could aspire to if they truly put their mind to it. Every team, every classroom, every organisation would have loved to have a Tyrone, said Danny Jennings. After high school, Tyrone got a scholarship to Grand Valley State University, where he began studying mechanical engineering. During his time at college, he decided he wanted to pursue his career while serving his country, so he enlisted in the United States Army in 2015 as a wheeled vehicle mechanic. Sergeant Hassel put all of his efforts into a career, earning multiple honours along the way, including the Army Achievement Medal and the German Army Proficiency Badge. While stationed at Fort Carson in El Paso, Colorado, he met Kamaya, his future wife. Kamaya was from Atlanta, Georgia, and joined the military after high school. The recruits quickly fell in love and got married on May 17, 2016. Tyrone continued to make strides in his military career, and became a sergeant in 2017. That same year, the couple welcomed their son Tyrone IV into the world, while stationed at Fort Stewart, Georgia. They lovingly nicknamed their infant son Chuck. With Tyrone's extra income from the promotion, they purchased a house in Hinesville near Savannah, Georgia, so they could live off base. In early 2018, Tyrone and Kamaya were deployed to Korea for a nine-month rotation. Their son stayed with Tyrone's father and stepmother in Michigan while they were stationed overseas. Tyrone made sure to FaceTime his son every day, so he did not miss too much of the one-year-old's life. Tyrone was an extremely devoted husband, father, son and soldier. He had a strong moral compass and always wanted to do what was best for himself and his family. His relatives and friends spoke of how in love he was with Kamaya from the beginning of their relationship. He called her his queen and he worked hard to provide for her and their son. Tyrone and his wife came back to Georgia in October 2018 and began to settle into their lives as a family of three. They went to St. Joseph, Michigan to spend Christmas with Tyrone's family. Tyrone had not lived in the area for years, so detectives did not think he had any connections or enemies in St. Joseph or Benton Harbor who would have wanted him dead. 
Investigators and ballistic experts were able to determine that the shooter had come from the back of the truck and shot Tyrone. The murder weapon was believed to be a 9mm semi-automatic pistol. While they theorised it may have been a case of mistaken identity, a post-mortem examination performed by Dr Theodore Brown indicated that the shooter had been within three to five feet of Tyrone when they shot him five times. This meant that the shooter would have clearly seen Tyrone's face as he shot him in the head, neck and shoulder. Officer Rick Knapp with the St. Joseph Township Police began canvassing the surrounding neighbourhood in the days that followed Tyrone's murder. On January 1st, Officer Knapp spoke with Walter and Fern Nost, who lived on the same street where the canine unit had tracked the assailant to. They said that they had seen a dark-coloured four-door sedan parked across from their house in the driveway of a property that was up for sale. Walter Nost remembered the car having distinctive LED lights. It had arrived between 9.30 and 10pm the previous night. They saw a man get out of the vehicle and walk southbound towards Colfax Avenue. They heard a number of gunshots sometime later, and when they looked outside, the vehicle they had seen earlier was gone. Walter and Fernno said that the sedan had come to the area on several occasions before, but never stayed for long. The police believed this could have been the killer. Detectives briefly investigated a local man with a criminal record who had allegedly been eyeing up Tyrone while he was at a skate rink with friends. But the man had a solid alibi. On January 11th, 2019, an anonymous call came in. According to the police report, the female caller spoke with a Jamaican accent and said that a boyfriend of the victim's wife had driven to Michigan and killed her husband and that investigators needed to explore that. The caller further said that she had been informed by a relative who was serving with the victim and his wife in the military that Kamaya Hassel's boyfriend had been bragging about the killing. The caller explained her relative had not been directly informed by the suspect, but had heard it from others in their unit. She said that the man in question had been stationed in Korea with Tyrone and Kamaya. He had travelled from Chicago to Michigan to commit the crime. She also stated she had been told that an affair began in Korea and Kamaya and her boyfriend had planned to kill Tyrone while they were on block leave. Later that same day, the military police informed the investigating officers that two soldiers had come forward with information about a soldier in Kamaya's unit, who they implicated in the murder. The soldier was 24-year-old Jeremy Quayar. Agents from the Criminal Investigation Division at Fort Stewart informed the investigating officers that Quayar was also on block leave and staying with his mother in Chicago, 90 minutes from St. Joseph. 
Special Agent Thompson provided the officers with Jeremy Cuellar's license plate number and a description of his vehicle, a black four-door sedan, 2018 Chevy Impala. The description matched the car seen parked at the empty house by Walter Nost on the night of the murder. It even had the same lights Nost had mentioned. Quayle's car had been picked up by license plate scanning cameras on the I-94 at 8.27 on New Year's Eve travelling into Michigan and again around midnight driving back towards Chicago. An arrest warrant was signed for Jeremy Quayle when another witness called. Army Specialist Jaquan Hamilton had come forward and told the Criminal Investigation Division that Cuellar had confessed to the killing in a conversation they had after they returned to the base. Cuellar had allegedly told Hamilton that after shooting Tyrone in the head, he noticed that Tyrone was still alive, so he approached him and shot him once again. He also said that Kamaya Hassel had planned her husband's murder. Another soldier revealed that Quayar had confessed that he and Kamaya wanted to be together and did not want Tyrone in their way. Quayar had stated to this soldier that they were planning on murdering Tyrone when he was visiting his family for the festive period. Lieutenant Rick Bigart contacted Tyrone Hassel Jr., Tyrone's father, and asked that he and Kamaya come to the Berrien County Sheriff's Department that evening. When they got there, they were immediately separated. Investigators told Tyrone Hassel Jr. to go home, as it was going to be a long night. The following morning was his son's funeral and he needed to be as prepared as possible. Kamaya Hassel was brought to an interview room where she was questioned by Officer Mike Lanier and Lieutenant Bigart. She had consented to a forensic examination of her phone days earlier. Kamaya was asked to undergo a polygraph examination. Although these tests can be unreliable and do not always hold up in a court of law, they are used as an interview tactic to encourage those being questioned to tell the truth. Kamaya Hassel was supposedly not being truthful. Kamaya first of all denied that she was involved in her husband's murder. She did, however, admit that she had been having an affair with Jeremy Quayar behind her husband's back. On the night Tyrone was shot and killed, Quayar had been in town and they had been communicating via Snapchat. Around 90 minutes into her interrogation with Michigan State Police First Lieutenant Detective Andrew Longusky, Kamara admitted that she and Quayar had planned the murder, referring to it as a 50-50 deal. She revealed they had planned it all over the app Snapchat, under the presumption that their messages could not be recovered. Kamara admitted to investigators that Quayar had made four separate trips to St. Joseph while she and Tyrone were there, between the dates of December 19th and December 31st. 
During these four occasions, Kamara and Cuellar had met up to discuss their murder plan. Kamaya said that she thought committing the murder there would be far easier than carrying it out in Korea or on a military base. She told the investigators that on December 31st, the day of the murder, Tyrone had driven to a local Walmart to purchase some ammunition that he was going to use to ring in the new year. She said that the original plan was for Quayar to be waiting outside the home where they were staying, so that when Tyrone returned from Walmart, Quayar would ambush him and shoot him dead. However, this plan was not carried out. Kamaya told investigators that she contacted Quayar to ask him why he had not carried out the murder like they had planned. He responded by telling her that he did not want to go through with the murder, as at that specific time he was with somebody else. Kamaya explained that she got the impression that Quayar was having second thoughts about killing Tyrone, so she demanded via Snapchat that he needed to kill Tyrone that night. She said that Tyrone was planning on returning to Georgia within a few days, and she had no plans to return with him. She wanted him dead. While Tyrone was at the family party, he called Kamaya and offered to bring some food over for her and their son, as she was missing out. She agreed and used the chance to tell Quayar. While Tyrone was en route with food for his wife, Kamaya contacted Quayar via Snapchat. She wrote, He's on his way now, before following it up with, Come now. Kamaya also admitted that after hearing the gunshots, she did not immediately go outside. Instead, she waited a few moments to make sure Kwaya had fled. Kamaya explained to investigators that she had been unhappy in her marriage with Tyrone, but felt as though divorce was not an option, because if she were to separate from Tyrone, she would not get any life insurance money. She said that she would lean on Quayar while going through her marital issues, and eventually their relationship turned sexual. According to Kamaya, Quayar had told her that he could, quote, handle this, in reference to what they considered her predicament, being married to Tyrone. During her confession, Kamaya had said, We plan this. But in the beginning, I didn't take it seriously. We planned it, but I didn't take it seriously. Even though I know that was this is where you and I stay straight, because you didn't take it seriously because you knew he was out there that night. Well, yeah. Got, I mean, so you know what was going on. Yeah, you may not take it seriously. In the beginning, in the beginning, you were talking exactly. But you want to be with Jeremy, right? At this point, he has you believing this is the guy. Yeah, that this is the person that I need to be with. That is going to do everything for me and my son. Kamaya Hassel and Jeremy Quayar started to plan their future. They had wanted to go back to Georgia and settle down together, leaving Kamaya's old life behind or simply replacing her husband with Jeremy Quayar. It was while Kamaya and Quayar were stationed in Korea serving at Camp Casey during the 3rd Infantry Division 1st Combat Brigade deployment 
that their murderous plans began to materialise. Jeremy Cuellar was arrested by the Fort Stewart Criminal Investigation Division that night and transported to jail in Liberty County, Georgia. He immediately asked for a lawyer and refused to answer any questions. Cuellar was charged with first-degree murder, conspiracy to commit murder, and a felony firearm offence. Kamaya Hassel was charged with murder in the first degree and conspiracy to commit murder. She was ordered to be held on a $2.3 million bond with a GPS tether. Officers arrived at Tyrone Hassel Jr.'s house in the early morning hours of January 12th to inform him of the arrests and explain where they were in his son's murder case. Investigators stated Tyrone had been ambushed by Jeremy Quayle, and he and Kamaya were motivated in part to continue their affair without repercussions, but also reap the army's benefits from Tyrone's death. At this point, the officers learned that Kamaya had already been given $100,000 from the military, as a gratuity to next of kin when a service member dies while on active duty. This money was already in her bank account, and she stood to inherit a lot more. Those on active duty have service members' group life insurance, which pays up to $400,000 after death. The news came as a massive shock to Tyrone's loved ones. His father, Tyrone Hassel Jr., stated, It was planned out. Basically, my son was assassinated. Tyrone's father said he felt deceived by Kamaya and had been mourning with her since the murder of Tyrone. In fact, he said he grieved for her even more so than for his own son because she had lost her husband, somebody who was allegedly the love of her life. Tyrone's father remarked to NBC, I'm wondering what was going through her mind. Actually, I'm trying to understand it all. What angered Tyrone Hassel Jr. the most, he said, was that they had been motivated by money. He expressed his hurt by telling NBC, Why would you let your kid grow up without a mum and a dad? Now it's up to me and her mum and dad and my wife to take care of him. Tyrone Hassel Jr. had allowed Kamaya to stay with him at his house for 12 days after the murder. He had taken her in as his own, and now he was left with the devastating reality that he had been taking care of the very person who took his son's life. Just a few hours after the family were informed of Kamaya's arrest, Sergeant Tyrone Hassel III was laid to rest following a ceremony at the New Bethel Baptist Church in Benton Harbour. In early February 2019, Jeremy Cuellar was extradited from Georgia to Michigan. He appeared in court to be arraigned on first-degree premeditated murder charges. A number of Tyrone's loved ones were in attendance. Much like Kamaya Hassel, 
a judge set Quayle's bond at $2.5 million and scheduled a preliminary hearing for February 20th. The hearing was held in Berrien County Trial Court. Much of the focus was on Kamaya's detailed confession of the murder plot. Township Police Officer Mike Lanier told Chief Assistant Prosecutor Stephen Perangeli that after Kamaya had confessed to her role in the murder, he had asked her three questions. Whether she had planned it, whether the planning had begun months earlier, and whether money was a motive for the murder. Kamaya replied yes to all three questions. The two soldiers who had divulged the extramarital affair to investigators were called to testify during the hearing. The court heard from U.S. Army Corporal Titania Butler, who said that she once had sexual contact with Jeremy Quayer and that they had been close friends. She said that Quayer had told her about his plan to kill Tyrone. Corporal Butler stated... He said he and Kamaya had a plot, and he was going to shoot him or get someone else to do the job. He said he and Kamaya wanted to be together. It was supposed to take place on leave at Christmas time. I told him it was a stupid idea, and I didn't want to hear any more about it. Jeremy Quayle's defence attorney, Edwin Johnson III, queried whether witnesses had placed Quayar at the crime scene and asked whether investigators had any evidence to show that Kamaya Hassel had demanded his client to kill Tyrone. Before the judge, the attorney explained that detectives had a number of other suspects in the murder case, but stopped investigating these other suspects once Quayar was identified. Johnson said that he believed it would be difficult for the prosecution to pin the shooting on Quayer, stating, I'm not so certain they have the right guy. No one saw him at the scene. He was going to give up on this. He wasn't going to do it. There were several other suspects. Kamaya Hassel's defence attorney, Caitlin Locke, argued that her client should never have been charged with first-degree murder because she was not the one to physically carry out the killing. She did not pull the trigger. However, Locke did acknowledge there was enough evidence to prove that Kamaya was involved. The judge remarked, I do find enough evidence for an aiding and abetting theory. He died as a result of actions by her and planning and agreement that goes all the way back to Korea. Both Kamaya Hassel and Jeremy Quayar were ordered to stand trial on first-degree murder charges. They both pleaded not guilty. Their trials were scheduled to begin in April of that same year and if convicted, they would both be facing a sentence of life in prison. Following the emotional court hearing, Tyrone's father said, It's hard to take it in without crying. In April, the double murder trial was adjourned until July. 
Prosecutor Perangeli said they had not yet received all of the lab reports back in the case. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Kamaya Hassel's murder trial began on July 16th, 2019. During the opening statements, Prosecutor Perangeli detailed the most impressive aspects of Tyrone's short life, sharing his accomplishments and his aspirations. He described Tyrone as a scholar who had decided that he wanted to serve his country. Tyrone had a strong work ethic that resulted in him becoming a sergeant at a very young age. His family looked up to him because he looked out for them, Verangeli said. He went on to tell the jury, The woman responsible is seated right there, the defendant. She had murder on her mind and betrayal on her heart. We're here because she wasn't happy with her life. She devised a plan with her lover, Quayle, to have him murdered. It was all about her and what she wanted. Kamaya Hassel's defence attorney, Chris Kessel, said during his opening statement that the evidence he was going to present would show that Quayle is a full-blown psychopath and that Kamaya had absolutely nothing to do with Tyrone's murder. He told jurors that the prosecution would be playing aloud a confession from Kamaya, but he was going to argue that this confession had been coerced. He said that there was no question that Tyrone's death was sad, but he remarked, As a good guy, I'm sure that Sergeant Hassel was. That doesn't make Kamaya Hassel any more or less guilty. As bad as we feel for his family, that doesn't make her any more responsible. Tyrone Hassel Jr. was the first witness to be called to testify by the prosecution. He detailed the night his son was killed, telling the jury that they had been at a family party that was being held near his home. At the time, Kamara and the couple's son were at the witness's home. Tyrone left to bring his family some food. Tyrone's father said that sometime after his son left, Kamaya called him to say that Tyrone had been shot. Tyrone Hassel Jr. said to the jury, I ran out, jumped in my truck and went to the house. When I got there, paramedics were trying to put my son on a gurney. His eyes were open. I looked at him and saw a hole in his head. I knew right at that point that my son wasn't going to make it. 
Army Specialist Jaquan Hamilton, who had told the police about Jeremy Cuellar's confession, testified. He said that he had been good friends with Cuellar and Kamaya Hassel while they were deployed in Korea, and he had worked alongside them. He knew that they were romantically involved and was aware that Kamaya was married to someone else. Hamilton said that Cuellar often referred to Kamaya as his girl. Hamilton spoke of one afternoon when Cuellar came into his room and in reference to Tyrone said, But he's got to go. We have to get rid of him. Hamilton said to the jury, I asked him, how do you know that's what she wants? And he said, it's mutual. It has to be done. I asked him, are you sure? And he said, yes. The witness testified that he was in New Jersey on leave when he heard that Tyrone had been shot dead. When Hamilton returned to base in Fort Stewart, Quayar came up to him. He told me he had to do what he had to do. Army Specialist Hamilton testified. Hamilton told the judge that he asked Quayar if he was happy about what he had done, and Quayar replied that he was. He revealed that Quayar had admitted that the $400,000 Army life insurance that Kamaya would be able to cash in on was a plus. After Quayar confessed to Army Specialist Hamilton, Hamilton sought spiritual guidance from a chaplain. Two days after that, he told Army Special Agent Zachary Roberts of the Criminal Investigations Division about what Quayar had said. Hamilton told the courtroom that it was difficult to come forward with this information because he was friends with Quayar and Kamaya Hassel but he knew that it was the right thing to do. U.S. Army Sergeant Mark Burks, who had served in the same company as Tyrone, testified that he and his wife were good friends with Tyrone and Kamaya. He said that when the two couples socialised, Tyrone was affectionate to his wife. Still, his affection did not seem to be reciprocated. Burke stated that he also knew Quayle, who appeared to be close to Kamaya. Sergeant Burks told the jury, I don't want to cross a line, but I told Tyrone that I wouldn't be a good friend if I didn't tell him. He revealed that Tyrone already had his own suspicions that something was going on between Kamaya and Jeremy Quayle. Dr. Theodore Brown, the pathologist who conducted the autopsy on Tyrone's body, detailed the injuries he saw. One bullet had entered the left frontal scalp, through the brain and then exited the right side of the face. Another bullet entered the forehead just above the left eyebrow. It travelled to the back and perforated the left side of the skull and exited the back of the head. There was a wound to the head where a bullet had entered the left side of the lower face almost at the neck and exited on the base of the left side of the neck. There was also a bullet wound to the shoulder. 
the white and intelligence analyst with the Michigan State Police testified that she had examined Jeremy Quayle's cell phone data and determined that he made four trips from Chicago to Benton Harbor between December 28, 2018 and January 1, 2019. Based on his cell phone data, he had arrived back in Chicago in the early morning of January 1st, just hours after Tyrone was shot dead. Video evidence of Kamaya Hassel's interview with the police was played to the court. While Kamaya had initially denied any involvement, she cracked just an hour and a half into the interrogation when Lieutenant Longusky told her that he had already spoken to Quayle and Quayle was going to throw her under the bus. During the recording, Lieutenant Longusky told Kamaya several times, you need to get in front of this, and referred to Quayle as a cold-blooded manipulator. The lieutenant said to Kamaya that he believed that she had been pressured and that she did not really want to harm Tyrone. After admitting to the plan, Lieutenant Longusky asked Kamaya, So you put your needs and wants in front of somebody's life? She responded, I did. Maybe Tyrone wasn't a greatest day in the world. This is concerned with your child's safety. But I'm telling you, I see girls get pushed in situations they wouldn't normally do. And there's no doubt about it, you are a pawn here. You're the most important thing I care about right now because you know what? You matter to your son. And that matters. You didn't do this. But you got to get out in front of this. Because there's some of the things right now that I want to tell you, but I don't want to tell you everything. This part, I know, I know that he's in custody. He's been in custody. I want to believe you're 100% clear of this. I don't know what's going on in Georgia. I don't care about Georgia. I care about you and I care about Michigan. I care about Chump. But I'm telling you right now, he's wrapped you up in this. And he's brought you down to something that you don't deserve to be part of. Not for a second. And I'm willing to say that. Defense attorney Chris Kessel then played for the jury a specific portion of the confession video where Lieutenant Longusky shouts at Kamaya. There's no doubt about it, you're a pawn. He's brought you into something you don't deserve. You are not driving this. You did not pull the trigger. This isn't something you planned. This guy got in your head. Under cross-examination of Lieutenant Longusky, Kessel asked, You told her you were going to bat for her. Have you? The lieutenant responded, Well, that was before I knew of her level of involvement. A recorded jail conversation between Kamaya Hassel and her mother was entered as evidence. Kamara admitted to her mother that she and Quayar had planned and carried out the murder. Kamaya said, It was planned in Korea. I got myself mixed up in something. He came here in short tie and went back to Chicago. Her mother asked her, Is anyone coercing you? Kamaya replied, No, Mama. No, they're not. I feel terrible, Mama. I just wish it never happened. Her mother asked her if she believed she could get away with the murder, and Kamaya coyly replied, 
Yeah, I thought we could. After three days of testimony, the trial ended without defence attorney Chris Kessel calling any witnesses and only cross-examining a handful of the prosecution witnesses. During closing arguments, the attorney said, Tragedy doesn't even begin to describe this. His father's testimony made me emotional too. But you have to take the sympathy and empathy you feel for the Hassel family and put it in your pocket. This is not about helping a family feel better. It's about facts. Kessel once again argued that the confession had been coerced. He did not acknowledge the fact that Kamaya had confessed in detail to her own mother over the phone. During the prosecution's closing arguments, attorney Stephen Perangeli pointed to Kamaya Hassel and said, How would Jeremy Cuellar know where Tyrone lives without the help of this defendant? Perangeli mentioned the admission Kamaya made, stating, did she make a false confession to her mother? He implored the jury to find Kamaya guilty of Tyrone's murder, stating, Tyrone Hassel gave to his family and his country. Give back to him. Give him the justice he deserves. The choices that she made brought us here today. Choices that she made to carry out the murder of her husband, brought us here this week. She knows, she knows she is just as guilty as Jeremy Coyer. She knows that. She said it. And you know it too. Not for second-degree murder, but for first-degree murder and conspiracy to commit first-degree murder. Hold her accountable. Hold her accountable for her actions. After just one hour of deliberation, the jury found Kamaya Hassel guilty of the first-degree murder of Sergeant Tyrone Hassel III. She was facing a statutory minimum sentence of life in prison without the possibility of parole. She was sentenced formally at a later date. The verdict was a welcome relief to Tyrone's loved ones, as well as the prosecution who had fought for him. Prosecutor Stephen Perangeli said that it was bittersweet because Tyrone had been a family man, a friend and a good soldier. His family were now left with nothing but memories. Tyrone's mother, LaShonda Jones, said that the verdict had alleviated some of the pressure that the family had felt. She said of Kamaya, I loved her like a daughter. I called her baby and she called me mum. I never would have thought this of her. Jeremy Cuellar was sentenced to go on trial after Kamaya Hassel. However, on July 28th, he appeared in court and pleaded guilty to second-degree murder. His plea came as part of an agreement that called for a mandatory minimum sentence of 65 years in prison. This meant that if Quayar were ever released, he would be at least 90 years old. It was essentially a life sentence. 
as he was led away from the courtroom. Cuellar turned to Tyrone's family and said, I know you don't want to hear what I have got to say. Kamaya Hassel was sentenced the following day. During the sentencing phase, Tyrone's loved ones were given the opportunity to provide victim impact statements. His mother, Lashanda Jones, said, I hope every time you close your eyes, my son taps you on the shoulder and smiles, just to remind you that his life is not over, because he is still living in God, and you will be living in hell until the day you die. Lachanda said that she was glad Michigan had no death penalty, because that would be far too easy for Kamaya. I feel like God is working on him, and I heard the outburst, so that lets me furthermore know that God is working on him. Tyrone's father, Tyrone Hassel Jr., said, For you to say I do and not to love him is really heartbreaking. Kamaya was given the opportunity to address the courtroom, but she refused to make a statement. Kamaya Hassel was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. She was additionally facing the same sentence for conspiracy to commit first-degree premeditated murder. She will never get the chance to apply for parole. Kamaya was ordered to pay $2,326 in restitution to Tyrone's family. Outside of court, Tyrone's relatives said that they were upset that Kamaya didn't address them when given the opportunity, nor did she show a shred of remorse or apologise for taking Tyrone away from them. They expressed the hope that Kamaya would spend the rest of her life in prison, thinking about what she had done. Tyrone's mother, Lashanda Jones, said, How could you? How could you take the life of a man that gave you his last name? Hassel, a name you didn't deserve to have. Tyrone Hassel Jr. expressed regret that he never got the opportunity to tell his son that he did not think he could beat him in a basketball game anymore. The following month, Jeremy Cuellar was formally sentenced to a minimum of 65 years in prison. In handing down the ruling, Judge Angela Pasula said, The road to redemption is long and arduous, and you will spend the rest of your life walking it. This was a choice you made. You chose money and your narcissistic desires. This was deliberate and purposeful and was discussed at length over many months. You had time to abandon this plan. In court, Cuellar expressed regret to Tyrone's relatives, telling them, I apologise to the family again sincerely. I was a fool for just taking her word and not seeing who Sergeant Hassel really was. I apologised to the army. I opened up to her, and she played on me. During impassioned victim impact statements, Lashanda Jones stated, You could have ended up having his house, 
his wife and his son, but you will never be him. He did not deserve what you did to him. The words from Tyrone's mother prompted Quayar to break down. Tyrone Hassel Jr. explained that he had spoken with Quayar in jail. He told him that Kamaya had said only negative things about Tyrone, claiming that he was a bad husband and a bad father. Oh, this is Mr. Hassel Jr.? Yeah. How you doing, sir? I'm all right. Um, you know, under the circumstances. Um, honestly, uh, I'm very sorry. You know, I know that is 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 not even enough. You know, um, I'm gonna just tell you my side. You know, you know I know. Regardless, you know, but you do deserve that. And to be honest with you, it's, it's, it's sad, but, you know, you, you deserve that, you know. I was going through things with my wife. We was already planning a divorce, right? Um, met Kamaya because we was in the same platoon, you know. And me and her liked each other. We started messing around, you know. And, you know, she was telling me she wasn't happy. Now, we didn't discuss, well, let me, step by step. Me and her was messing with each other heavily. You know, we liked each other heavily, you know. And when we got to Korea, it was probably like the third month, fourth month, the fourth month that we was there, you know. And we was updating our life insurance. And when we did so, you know, we went back to the barracks. And me and her is in there, me, me in my room. And she brought it up. She goes, so is your, uh, is your wife on the life insurance? And I was like, no, nah, it's my mom. And she was like, okay. She was like, yeah, I'm on ties. I was like, okay, you know what I'm saying? And she was just like, yeah, you know, you know what I'll do with 400,000? I was like, there's a whole bunch of shit you can do with 400,000. And she was like, yeah, I'll pay off the house, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that. I was like, true, I'll probably just give me a bike. I don't know, I, don't, I was whatever with it. And she was just like, yeah, 400,000 would be nice. And I was like, and then she said it again. I was like, damn, you talking like you would want him to die. Like, you want an accident to happen. And she sat there and she looked at me and she was like, what's up? Speaking to Jeremy Quayar about his son, Tyrone Hassel Jr. said, he loved his family and he loved his wife. You did a very selfish thing because you wanted that family. In 2020, Jeremy Cuellar requested to withdraw his guilty plea. His appellate lawyer, John Zavalka, argued that Cuellar's trial lawyer had coerced his client into pleading guilty and failed to advise him of a trial strategy. They claimed that the trial lawyer told Cuellar that a jury would hate him and he would not stand a chance at trial. Judge Pasula denied his motion citing that he failed to prove his troll lawyer was ineffective and that there was no evidence to show that he had been coerced. The Michigan Supreme Court also denied Cuellar's appeal. Recently, Kamaya Hassel has sought a new trial. 
In a motion, she claimed she had been the victim of domestic violence and accused her trial lawyer of not investigating a battered partner defence. She also claimed her confession was coerced. In the aftermath of the verdicts, Tyrone Hassel Jr. stated that he hoped his son would be remembered in the community as a hero. His family want people to remember Tyrone for the ways that he excelled in life, not for the way he was brutally taken. They also want to make sure Tyrone's son, Tyrone Hassel IV, knew how amazing his father was, and much like him, he could do anything he puts his mind to. Tyrone Hassel Jr. said, You want your kid to be better than you. And he accomplished that. This episode was researched and written by Emily G. Thompson and Eileen McFarlane. Editing by Brad Maybe. For more on our series and notes on this episode, please visit theywalkamonguspodcast.com. And for more on the Law and Crime Podcast Network, please visit lawandcrime.com slash podcasts. This has been They Walk Among America. Thank you for listening. <laughs>